Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Again, that's paratruthradio.com forward slash paratruth. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we are Paratruth Radio. Welcome to another amazing episode. So we've talked about why you want to get a par- uh, into paranormal investigations, forming a team. We've talked about equipment. We've talked about finding your locations and types of uh, manifestations of hauntings. So this week, we're going to be talking about pretty much wrapping it up, talking about evidence, kind of going over that evidence and doing, uh, placing your equipment, um, and getting set up for an investigation. So obviously I, I feel we should do placement first because how are you going to get evidence without placing your equipment? So some of the biggest things I feel in doing your, your placement of equipment and um, how, how you're using your equipment is finding out from, if you're doing an investigation for a client, finding out the, where the most uh, activity is going on, obviously setting up stagnant cameras for video. Um, and I feel that most of your team should have cameras on them at all times as well, whether that's video or just standard uh, picture cameras. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with all that. So when you're setting up cameras, though, I think it's important to realize or figure out uh, which cameras are going to set up where. And primarily you're going to have a number of cameras. If you're, if you have the money for a lot of equipment. So we're going to just talk, we're going to talk like you have everything possible where this Mm -hmm. is going to be like, for those of you who have everything. So you're going to have night vision cameras, infrared cameras, and possibly full spectrum cameras along with your basic cameras as well. And the main thing you want to figure out is where do I place each of those cameras? You may have one of each, two of each, four of each, most likely not more than four of each, but (laughs) Unless you're super rich. <laughs> Unless you're 
super rich. <laughs> um, so, so where do you place these things? Where are the best places? So let's set up a scene here. All right. I think that's the best way to do this. Okay. Set up a scene. Um, let's say we are filming, uh, where do you, or where, where do you want to do an investigation? It can be anywhere. You let me know. Um, let's make it a building. Let's make it a building though. Or like, you know, an interior uh, investigation. I'll go with San Haven. Like I mentioned last week. San Haven. Okay. So we're talking, so, so we're investigating San Haven, the psych ward, uh, in North Dakota. Uh, this place is a huge place, right? Mm. Okay. So we have a number of different halls. We've got a number of different rooms that we can choose from. The first thing we want to do, like Justin said, is figure out where the hauntings occur most. And most likely, there's going to be a couple of big hauntings in one or two rooms, and then everything else is going to be passerbys in the hallways that people have seen while working there. Uh, so the first thing you want to do, I think, is the primary thing is figure out where the main haunting is. Again, it's going to be in a room, most likely, uh, or a basement. So let's just say, I don't know, room 112. Why? Because we can. So room 112, what do we put in room 112? We're going to want to set up a couple of the things. You're going to want to set up uh, either an infrared camera or a full spectrum. But you know what? Let's make this a little more simple. Let's say we only have one full spectrum camera. So we're going to set up an infrared. We're going to set up an infrared in room 112 along with an uh, electronic voice recorder or digital voice recorder uh, next to it. Now, the camera will pick up voice as well, but we have the digital voice recorder to kind of coincide with it just so we don't have any, you know, something that, what do you call it? Uh, Corroborating evidence from two different yeah. things? Yeah, basically. Um so we set up those two things in that room. Cool. If you have anything else you want to set up there, great. If you want to set up a, uh, a REM pod or something like that, get a light in there so that when something passes over, keep the light light up. Cool. That's a good thing to put in there as well. So we're going to put that in that room. And then we have, let's just say another room. We'll say room three. We're going to do the same thing in there. Uh, and then what we are going to do as investigators, we're going to go back and forth between those rooms throughout the night periodically and take digital photos with a full spectrum camera. And we're going to do that because full spectrum is going to allow us to see light on both sides and across the board of the light spectrum, uh, which gives us a better chance of catching something. So that's our main goal. Now we want to set up things in the hallways. So Sandhaven has four floors. Let's say we don't have enough equipment to put cameras on four floors. So we're going to choose two floors. Uh, we're going to choose uh, the best way to do that is figure out if there's something special on one of the floors. Like, is there a, an extreme, you know, like, I don't know what you call them, like a place where they would lock up patients or something like that, you know, or is there a morgue somewhere within this facility? Mm -hmm. uh, if there's a morgue or something like that, you want a camera on that floor. And if there's like a place where they lock up the, the patients who are just having a bad day, then we want to put something there too, or where the patients that are worst, you know, what would be held. Uh, so those are our two main places. We're going to say Morgan floor one and the, the tough guys floor four. We're going to put in a infrared on both floors. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also going to go ahead and put in a night vision at the opposite end facing the other direction. 
And again, we may set up a voice recorder. The rest of the night we end up doing is our own station, right? We're walking back and forth with cameras. It can be infrared cameras, night vision cameras, regular cell cameras, or regular video cameras. Uh, and we ask some questions with our EVPs in hand, with our EMF detectors, with our thermometers, all that stuff. That's the things you're going to do. The final piece of equipment that you have is your full-spectrum video camera. That is going to be placed outside facing the building. Because if you're going to catch something walking, you're going to catch it from the outside. And you can get all four floors, all four windows or four floors of windows. You can also get the front court of the building. So if anything passes by, you're going to get it on that, in, on that full spectrum. And now you've got all your bases covered. That's your basic setup for a place like Sand Haven. Of course, it's going to slowly depending on where you go. And depending on the size of the building and stuff like that, equipment's going to change. You may use more or less equipment. You may choose to opt out of your night vision and only use infrared or opt out of the infrared and only use full spectrum or whatever like that. And that's fine. That's going to be things that you determine before investigating. And then something happens and you realize, oh, I didn't know that. Let's also use this piece of equipment and add that to the list. Um, and so it can be pretty simple. I mean, for the most part, you want to set up equipment in the places that tend to have the most uh, interaction with people. Uh, you're not going to set it up where there's noises. If somebody says, oh, I hear noises from this room or that room, you may not set something like that up. Uh, you're going to want to set it up where people see things or people interact one-on-one -on -one with things or have been touched by something. Uh, and then the floors or the rooms or they hear stuff, that's where you're going to set up your EVP. So where you're going to go investigate yourself. So, that's your basic setup. Do you think that having team members go on the other two floors that don't have that equipment on there is is a better chance of give it getting a wide variety of evidence? Oh yeah, I mean, so when you're investigating, you're going to investigate all four floors regardless, right? Um, unless there's the floor that's closed off for some reason, or there's something just. I mean, even if there's a floor where nothing happens at all. It wouldn't be harmful to stop up there for an hour or maybe 30 minutes and just see what's happening. Because uh, if it's a intelligent haunting and it doesn't want to be around you, it's going to move to the floor where nothing's happening and that's where it's going to stay. So it's good to go up there uh, and do that. The one thing you're going to notice when you're setting up equipment is there's going to be a ton of cables running through the entire building. And those cables, you're going to want to make sure you keep out of your way. You don't want to be tripping over there, those in the pitch black. Uh, so make sure when you bring the cables out, you wrap them close to the wall, right where the wall meets the floor. You're going to keep them close to that wall, and you're going to tape them down. Uh, that way they won't budge. And even if you were to trip over a cable, it may only move a little bit, and it won't move the whole thing out of the way. Uh, so very basic stuff. Always keep everything tidy. You don't want cables just strewn around and you know, tangled up, try to make it as neat as possible before the investigation. So it's less of a hassle during the investigation and it's a much easier wrap up at the end of the investigation. Cause I don't know about you guys at a five in the morning when we wrap our investigation. So the last thing I want to do is go inside and pull all that equipment and spend like two hours doing it because it's horrible. <laughs> so yeah, make sure everything is nice and tidy when you're setting up everything. Well, I would say even map out where you have everything so that it's a quicker cleanup as well. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I would map out everything before you even do it. So, um, actually in the film world, we have this thing called shot mapping. And basically what we do is we create a scene, whatever scene it is. In this case, we're saying we're shooting, uh, in a kitchen, we're shooting a, a scene in the kitchen. We'll have a diagram of the kitchen and then we'll mark a little number uh, for camera one and a little number for camera two. And then we'll have camera one, a one, uh, 2A, 1B, 2B, and we'll place them throughout the kitchen and show where each one of those scenes or shots are going to be taken. So 1A would be a wide camera one. Uh, the second shot would be a close-up. That's camera two. Uh, and you kind of do that thing. So you set it up. You have an idea of what you're doing. And you do the same thing when you're investigating. You have a floor plan, and you can get floor plans very easily for pretty much any place you're investigating. And just mark with a pen. This is where I want this camera set up. I want an IR here. I want, you know, this here. I want that there. And then that way, when whoever goes in to do it, they can follow the map and everything will be set. And you know where it's at. They know where it's at. And everybody's happy. Yeah. As far as um, just people having equipment on them, do you think it's better to have the video or um, maybe even have both cameras on you at all times? Both types of cameras on you at all times? I think it it's takes- best to have... Yeah, I think it's best to have the least amount of possible because if a monster jumps out, you can run faster. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a very no. good point, even though you're joking. That's, that's a very good point. I'm just saying, that's a, you never know. Um, so, I think, I mean, it depends on how, you, how you're setting up. If you're going in as multiple people into one area, then each person will have a, their own camera. Maybe two people will have a video camera. One person will be, uh, will have a Taking still. still. Okay. Uh, and if you're splitting up, then it'd be good to have a video camera and to have the still camera. Uh, but again, that can change throughout the night. Again, if you're on the first floor or the fourth floor where we set up our IR cameras, you pretty much only need a still camera because you've got the two, the infrared and the night vision shooting you as well. Um, but really what it comes down to it, that's, it's up to the investigator's discretion as to what type of equipment they want to take on them. But the basics are, if you're going to have a still camera and a video camera, then just have a nice little disposable sh- uh, still camera. That's all you need. Um, have that in your pocket. Have your video camera, which you'll probably use to see as you're moving through, unless you're using a flashlight. And then have your uh, digital voice recorder. Those are your three basics that are going to be the most successful for you throughout the night. EMFs aren't really that important. Um you know, different things like thermometers and things like that. You probably don't really need, if you're going to feel a change in temperature, you're going to feel it. You don't really need a thermometer to tell you that it's changing. So. Right. That, that kind of stuff kind of falls into more. So if you're doing a investigation in a, a business or a home where you can give them as much evidence as possible, I think. Right, right, right. And again, it's always it's all up to the investigator's discretion as to what they want to bring on. The more you want to bring on, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just again, keep it organized and make right. sure. I, I would say that if you're taking a ton of stuff, make sure you're going to use it all. Some people will take in a ton of stuff simply because 
they uh, they just want to have it on standby just in case. Right. But I think going into investigation, you should already know what it is you're looking for and what it is you want to use to find it. Uh, and you should be good. So, And again, that goes to the research that you do before the investigation takes place. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So another thing you want to think about in regards to equipment is your home base. What is home base? That's another good question. <laughs> so home base is where you're going to set up all of your, 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 basically your headquarters. It's where somebody's going to sit all night and view the monitors of the, of the cameras that are sitting on standby. Uh, it's also a place where somebody might be able to listen in on some of the uh, microphones that are happening off those cameras as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be able to interact. They'll be able to, you know, they might see something in an area of the building where no one else is or hear something and they'll be able to call one of the other investigators who are in the building and say, Hey, such and such happened down in location a, I need you to go over there and they head on down there. Uh, so that's one thing. And it could be one or two people that are at headquarters. You don't need a ton of people there. Uh, just a couple of eyes to watch everything. Hmm. Some of the basic things they have there are maybe one monitor with uh, four split screen or two monitors or more. Uh, so you can see everything full picture. Uh, you may have speakers, although I think it's better to have headphones instead. Right. Um, that way you can't, you have the noise cancellation. You can hear better. Uh, you'll have your, I wish you guys could talking. have seen the videos cause Eric's pointing at his ears as he says earphones. Oh, <laughs> yes. As if you guys could. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you'll have your walkie talkie so you can communicate with everybody. Uh, and I would say most likely everyone's going to be on the same channel, but it's not a bad thing to have everybody on a different channel. channels. Yeah. Yeah. That way you don't constantly have static coming through and to the, your investigators are talking to each other. So multiple channels and whoever is at the desk at headquarters is going to know all those channels. But honestly, everybody should know those channels because you never no, you might have to switch to call your leader right. or call whoever's down in room 112. Uh, and then beside that, I think a good thing to have at your headquarters, which isn't really equipment, but is still necessary for sustainability throughout the night, is your waters and your snacks. Because, heck, you can't do a full eight-hour investigation through the middle of the night without a little something to eat and drink. Though uh, I would say... Ha- say- Make sure you're taking a break and not doing the investigation as you're eating and drinking. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That can mess things up. And no alcohol. Right. Because that, well, that can screw up evidence. So, <laughs> at least personal. Hey. Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear? Yeah. There's a bunch of spirits in this cooler, man. <laughs> yes. Yes, there are. <laughs> 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 I, I I would truthfully encourage you guys not to be drinking if you're doing a paranormal investigation. I mean that not only does it screw up evidence, but it screws up your perception yes. as well. A paranormal radio show, on the other hand, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are <laughs> when it comes to equipment. That's pretty much everything that we really need to talk about. Uh, Again, there are little odds and ends that you can add or take away, but for the most part, those are your basics, and they can be flipped and flopped and transitioned and whatever you need to do to get it just right. Right. Well, and I I think that, like, if, for example, like we were saying, you 
you were talking about if we you have the full spectrum of equipment with you. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you just did the most basic video camera that you can have, and uh, depending on how much you spend on the camera, some cameras you can do infrared or night vision with and just have um, the different filter lights um like the the uh ultraviolet lights that you can shine in and that sort of a thing. Um mm-hmm. I, I think that's okay too, but make sure like you had said from the beginning, ha- have a plan on where you're gonna place this stuff so that way you know what type of evidence you're gonna be getting. Yeah. Yeah. And and anything that uses batteries, make sure you pay attention to those batteries. Right. Make sure you have standbys that are fully charged. Uh, goes for walkie talkies and all the cameras and everything. Uh, also be aware of your SD cards. Most SD cards won't make it through an entire night of filming. So be careful to pay attention to how much footage they have on there. You never want to use an SD card until it's empty. Uh, make sure you stop it around 10% or a little before. Uh, that way you're just in a nice safe zone because sometimes SD cards will stop recording at around 5%, uh, and you can actually lose footage. So right. just be wary of that. Uh, have extra SD cards uh, or whatever type of memory card that it might use on standby. And when they run out, make sure you hop on in there, change them out real quick, and you're good to go. I think one thing, I, I don't know if we even really touched base on this, but um, obviously if you have a big enough location, a big enough team, you have the the headquarters. I mean, you're probably going to have that regardless. But if you've got the multi-screen stuff, and you've got a multi-camera situation going on where you're getting a feed from it, you don't have to worry about those as much as you do the the regular cameras for battery power and that sort of thing. Right, right. All right, folks. I think this is a good place to take our break. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio. We will be right back right after this. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading. reading! This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible, where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth, where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we had just recently finished discussing your equipment setup. Basically, where you would set up all of the equipment if you had the full bundle of equipment uh, and also how you would set up your headquarters. With that said, after a full night of investigating, you're going to have a ton of information to go through. You're going to have audio files. You're going to have video files. You're going to have 
photographic pic, uh, pictures to go through, uh, which is basically like, I don't know why I said photographic pictures because they mean one and the same, really. <laughs> but, you know, you can have photographic files to go through too, still photos. Uh, just make sure that's everything. Yeah. And so now comes the point, the worst point yeah. of the entire investigation, and that's going home and going through countless hours because let's face it, if you're doing an investigation for eight hours, and each camera is recording for eight hours straight. And you have four cameras. That adds up. That's 32 hours worth of footage that you're going to have to be going through. Now, you multiply 32 by, oh, let's just say by two, because you also have 32 hours worth of audio files to go through. That's 64 hours. And then, of course, you have all your photos to go through. And, of course, that's not an hour thing. That's a number thing. But most likely, by the end of the night, you're going to have well over 200 photos at least. So 64 hours, guys, is, you know, like more than a week's length of work time. Like That's a, more than a 40-hour week. That's ridiculous. So a lot of footage to go through, and it's horrible, but it has to be done because you need to go through, comb through it all. Uh, and with that said, there are very important and I think some of the best ways to go through these, and that's going to include certain softwares. Mm. So first and foremost, once you have all your footage, all everything's wrapped up uh, at the end of the day or night, make sure you place all of your footage uh, and audio files into a pile. Make sure there, you know, your footage is lined up. Make sure your audio is lined up. Make sure you have your photos all set uh, and mark them so you know what the hours are for each one, how long they were on, from what time to what time, where they were set up, things like that, because it's going to be good to know so you can reference it later. Once you get home, you set it up on your computer, and it's this is where it's important. If you have multiple people in the group, Make sure that there's multiple people looking at the evidence because one person searching through 64 plus hours of footage is just horrible and yeah. it's not worth it. You should be getting paid everything if you're doing that. Um, and if you're not getting paid at all, well, that sucks for you. <laughs> but <clears throat> some of the best things to do photos. Let's start with photos because I think photos are the easiest and most fun and just simple things to yeah. do. Uh, I like going through photos. There's a number of different things you could like software you can go on. Often you don't even have to use software. You can just simply open a photo in your document or, you know, however, a JPEG or whatever, have whatever you use to open it QuickTime uh, and scope out the photo. Get a good look at it. Uh, there's usually zoom in features to so zoom in in places that you think may be something uh, interesting. Check that stuff out. If there's something that's has a miss though, something there's like a mist or a figure or something that you want to try to debunk in the photo, that's where software is going to come in. Right. Photoshop is a good option. Adobe Photoshop. Uh, if you're running Mac, then iPhoto is a great option. And I actually use iPhoto most of the time nowadays. Uh, and the reason being for either of these, and you can use any software that does this, uh, basically all you want to do when you open a photo and you want to get a, Kind of like a, 
I don't know what you use it. I guess see if you can debunk it or whatever and do a little investigation on it. You basically are going to take the photo into your document. You're going to edit it. What you're going to find is that you have a number of adjustments that you can play with. And those just adjustments are going to be exposure, contrast, saturation, definition, highlight, shadows, sharpness, and the noises, along with the different temperature ranges and tints that you can use. Playing with these levels is going to allow you to change the picture and move shadows to help you decide whether or not whatever your your figure is in your picture or whatever it is you're trying to see better uh, is either really a uh, paranormal apparition or if it's something that can be easily explained away. Uh, sometimes simply taking a photo and turning it black and white can tell you everything you need to know about the photo. Uh Oftentimes, I tend to find most of the evidence when I drop the shadows and bump up the highlights and definition and turn the photo to more of a greenish or a goldish hue. Those tend to work the best for me. Exposure is also very important as it's going to allow you to bring up the light or bring down the light. Uh, And all those things are very important. And in the long run, it's what I use to debunk all the photos that I've been sent over the last several years. Uh... And of course, there's other ways to do it, but I think that's the most simple way. Uh, there are obviously expensive pieces of equipment that you can go in and the equipment itself or the software itself will go through the file and basically show you like all the zebra lines and all the different little things that are happening beyond the photo itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the simple way is probably just to load it up into iPhoto or your Photoshop and start messing with exposure and contrast and all that kind of stuff. That's going to give you the best look at the photo as a whole. And then once you do that, you can determine and most likely figure out, yes, this is, you know, like either yes, this is real or no, this isn't real. Or in most cases, if it's maybe real, you're going to be like, I really can't tell. I did everything I could and I can't debunk it, which means it's very plausible that this is something. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, simple as that. Photos are the best thing and the easiest thing to go through. But then we get into the other stuff. (laughs) The worst stuff. Well, one thing I have to say is before we move on, in photos specifically, we've talked about this before. Make sure you know what you're looking at because we made the mistake of bringing evidence to a client that wasn't evidence because we figured it out after the fact. And in my opinion, even if you find it, find it after the fact, go back to the client and say, Hey, we made a mistake. This isn't what, it, what we thought it was. Mm-hmm. I don't think we did that in particular, but no. it's an important thing to do. But that's what we're t- having. That's why we're doing this episode right. or actually this whole series is because we want to just discuss the, the mistakes and also the, the, successes that we had as investigators. Right. So one of the mistakes was, like Justin said, we had evidence or we thought we did. We showed it to the person. They believed the evidence. And then later, like a couple months later, when I had better software, I went back and realized, no, that wasn't true (laughs) evidence. Uh, It was a mistake. But at that point, it was what it was and we didn't bother with it. Yeah. But you should. You should go back and say something. Even if it's just an email. You don't have to literally call them or go knock right. on their door. Is that an emergency? Or we made a mistake. We made yeah. a mistake. Yeah. Unless they're having the building torn down because it's haunted and they're scared. <laughs> I mean. 
that's a pretty extreme way of handling the haunting. Hey, but man, I'm just I've seen movies, man, burning down houses and stuff like that. Because I mean, you know, movies are reality. They are, dude. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> Apparently, I don't. <laughs> so, oh goodness! So, video. Speaking video of movies. <laughs> video footage yes so i want to tell you that the best thing to do for video is to throw it into an editor software editing software i like adobe premiere pro because that's what i was taught on in school Mm -hmm. uh you can also use um final cut pro which again is expensive it's roughly around 300 400 for the newest version um and Adobe Pro is like a, a monthly subscription, but that right. obviously is monthly, so it's going to ultimately cost more than Adobe or more than Final Cut Pro, um, which sucks. I hate yeah. that they do that because uh, it's a Creative Cloud. Or you can use something like iMovie or something like iMovie if you have a PC. I'm sure some of those have different little creative softwares. Uh, the reason I say put them in these is because you can edit you can zoom you can pause you can go back and forth you can slow it down you can speed it up you can change the coloring and all that stuff if you simply open a video in a uh in a quick time all you're going to be able to do is play forward and play Mm -hmm. back and maybe scroll putting in editing software you can pretty much do the same thing you do with your still photos you can mess with exposure you can mess with color you can mess with shadows uh, and so if you do come across something that you want to dig a little deeper in, you can do that with any of the editing software. Uh, also the good thing about this type of editing, editing software is you'll simultaneously be able to control the volume, uh, uh of the video. So some people will listen, watch a video and listen, and then that's it. Maybe they hear something, maybe they don't, they can't do much about it. If you're in one of these editing softwares, you can actually pause it, crank up the volume, uh, just that piece of volume, and you can loop it and listen to it over and over and over again uh, and hopefully really better understand what it is that you're hearing. Uh, and then from there, if you want to boost it even more, you can jump into Audacity or uh, one of the other audio programs um, that are out there and really mess with the audio, mm. which is really what you're going to end up using with your EVP stuff anyway, which we'll get to in a moment here. But I think, again, personally, Premiere Pro, it's what I know. It's what I like the most. That's a really good option for going through your video footage. And then the best part is once you have it all done, you can simply go up to your uh, to your file and you can export it as uh, whatever you want to export it as, uh, usually as a movie four or a move three, uh, or whatever else you want to do it. And you can set the frame rates and all that. So if you want to send it to people, it's simple to do and you're set. Um, anything you want to add to that? You've gone through some video. Um, just, just like with the photos, make sure you're, you're paying attention. And if you're say, if you're just watching without any, any software, just make sure you're paying attention. So that way, when you do find something and maybe you can't afford the software and you know, somebody that has the software, 
make sure you timestamp it where you see whatever mm-hmm. evidence is going on so you can throw it into the software later on. Yeah. Well, and even in the software, you can timestamp it in the software and you can actually, right. all you have to do is click a little button and you'll get a little green dot above your, for your timestamp. So you can continue on with the rest of your footage and then just go back and click on those spots and it's right there for you. You just have to save it. Uh, it's nothing crazy or special that you got to do. You don't have to worry about exporting. Right. Um, and then really like the video is the most time consuming and it's the most difficult to get through because unlike photos where the scene is constantly changing picture to picture, constantly seeing something right. different and you can choose your speed. You have to go through the video at uh, normal time or live time. So basically, or even slow the, mode, time, depending yeah, if you find but, something. Oh, if you find something, yeah. But like, if you're just simply going through it, waiting, you know, to find something, you're going in real time, right. and that means you're basically reliving the investigation. Mind you, there's 64 hours, <laughs> so you're reliving it four times over, uh, and it's horrible. But it's the only way you can know for sure whether or not you got evidence. And again, most people split up this stuff. Uh, if you got a group of five or six people, have everybody chip in. That cuts your hours way down. Uh, and then you guys can come together and talk about your findings later. Right. So, boom. There you go. Video evidence. Uh, it's pretty simple. Just time consuming. The final thing that you're going to have is all of your digital voice recordings uh, or audio files, basically. Again, if you have audio files from your video that you have left that you want to look at, you marked them, you want to take a closer look or a closer listen in this case, you can jump that over into Audacity or whatever it is you're going to use for your audio um, and you'll be able to crank that up. But if you're using audio for your digital voice recorder, that's another thing because you got to listen to it for the first time ever. Uh, and again, I think the best way to do that is honestly, I don't think it's a big deal. You can throw it in audacity. I know that's something Justin would probably do. He'd throw it in audacity. That's what uh, I started with is audacity. Yeah. And it's the, the only reason was it's a free software. It's not the, the greatest software, but I think it's a pretty decent software as far as just trying to figure out certain things in, in the, uh, audio stream. Right. Uh, so audacity is a great thing to do use. Uh, otherwise what I normally do, cause I don't have audacity. Um, I'll actually just listen to the audio file when it opens up. I'll listen. However, it comes out quick time. Usually I think is what it use, uh, comes up as on iMac. So I'll listen to the quick time. I'll crank audio up on my computer through my headphones so I can get a better hearing of it. And then if I think I hear something, I'll throw that into Adobe Premiere pro because then I can crank up the audio further or, Probably just as good, if not better, I'll throw it into GarageBand because GarageBand, again, for those who are Mac users, is a great and phenomenal tool to use for your audio. Uh, you can really bump things up uh, in that way. And then, of course, you can export as an MP3 file, which is great. Too. Right. So the, I think the hardest part about that is just listening, staying attentive to everything. Uh, you know, some of these audio files that we get, uh, they're going to be, if there's anything on it, it's going to be a whisper and it's going to be below a whisper even, right. or there's going to be background noise or something like that. It's not so too often you're going to get that grade A EVP where it's loud yeah. and audible. Yeah. So you're going to want somebody who's attentive, uh, attentive. Yeah. 
someone who's attentive to it. You're going to want somebody who's probably like their l- caffeine in the blood, basically, because <laughs> they're going to need yeah. it. They're going to need it. Uh, and you're going to listen. And honestly, you don't have to. S- the, the good thing about audio, though, is you don't have to sit there at a computer all day listening to it. You can actually, if you have like just an EVP, you can plug your head or a uh, uh, voice recorder. You can plug your headphones into it and you can multitask. You can walk around, do right. stuff, but as well listen to it as you go. So that's the good thing about audio. Uh, just again, make sure you timestamp everything. Uh, if you don't have a voice recorder that timestamps, uh, like many of them do nowadays, and you're not sitting at a computer, because again, at a computer, you can timestamp if you're using GarageBand or uh, Audacity or Premiere. Make sure you have a pad of paper and a pencil or a pen with you. And just right. when you hear something, rewind, double check what it is and write it down. It's going to be file A, whatever. Uh, and make sure you put the time. So that way you can go back in your computer later and really clear it up and bump it and whatever you need to do. Right. Um, beside that, make sure at the end of it all, when you're done, the last thing you want to do is compile all your evidence that you found. You're going to pot- compile it into more or less a single file and you're going to organize it. So make sure you organize it uh, with a timestamp, with a location, and with, if it's an uh, audio, make sure you timestamp it with the person's name, whoever it is that picked it up. Um, and if it's video, if it's somebody a video that somebody is holding, like a camera, make sure you mark that who is such and such as camera. Uh, and if it's one of those cameras that were just sitting around, aiming down the thing, make sure you mark the location. That way we know right off the bat when we look at it, this is where it was, this is when it was, and this is who was asking questions when it happened or investigating when it happened. Uh, And then again, like putting it into a single file, or I should say a single folder, I mean. All these files are going to one folder um, or two folders, one as an audio, one as a video. That way you can just have easy reference when you take it to your customer, um, your client. You just open it up and you're good to go. Right. You're organizing all that stuff. And then once you're done with all that stuff, sit back and have a beer because you just wasted <laughs> yeah. 64 hours of your life and only found two pieces of evidence. So. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I wanted to touch base on really quick is the do nots. Okay. Um, do not be bringing evidence to your clients on the investigation itself. If you get, <sighs> if you get evidence, leave it until you've researched and looked through all the evidence to bring it to the client. Um, you know, Eric and I have talked about this. Was a team member of ours that wanted to share pictures of evidence that he supposedly got with clients that were there with us during the investigation. Um, Another thing to the do not is kind of different. Make sure you have somebody you trust going through the evidence because again, same person that showed the evidence to somebody took a picture, manipulated to the point and tried to tell us that there was a portal in a mirror when truthfully it was just a flash that he manipulated so much in the picture that it gave it a shimmery look and then it looked like a portal. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only two major ones I can think of off the top of my head. Is there any do nots that you can think of? 
Um, yeah. Do not talk unless talking is necessary. So if you're communicating with one of your team members about something, that's one thing. But for the most part, you want to keep quiet during your investigation. If someone's asking questions, don't be whispering in the background or gossiping or whatever, because that's going to be picked up and it will sound like a disembodied voice. Uh, And the worst part is no one's really going to know it. So if something happens where somebody does say something during a, a, uh, EVP session or a Q and a session, if you will, uh, make sure they mark it. You know, for example, if just is asking a question and I cough or I sneeze or I say, Hey, to somebody, I'll say, Oh, that was Eric. Right. Or he'll say that was Eric coughing or something like that. Uh, that way we know, okay, that's one of our team members, not a spirit team members uh, talking in the distance. You had to do that a couple of times. Yeah, I did have to do that a couple of times. So just make sure you're aware of those situations and just try your best not to talk. Um, video, do not bump the video cameras around too much. Like if you're holding them, you want to keep as still as possible. The more you move around, the harder it's going to be to see something. Uh, so try to keep it moving with your torso or the way you move. Basically, right. uh, if you move right, let it move right. If you move left, let it move left. Just don't let it bounce. Don't be holding it and swinging it around as you're walking. Uh, if I wouldn't suggest it, that even if you're not it. on an investigation. So, well, you never know. So <laughs> these are things that we do not do. And I'm sure people have done it. Um, other than that, I mean, do not be stupid. Yeah. That's probably the sum of all things for the do nots. Just have common sense. Uh, if something seems like you shouldn't do it, you feel conviction about it, then don't do it. Uh, that goes along with summoning. And this, this isn't just equipment stuff. This is like everything. So if, if somebody says, I want to summon something or I want to do an incantation here and you're not feeling it, then don't stick around with them. Hmm. You know, don't be a part of it. You don't have to do anything that your other team members are doing. But with that note, make sure in that primary uh, discussion that you have with them, that interview, you guys are all on the same page. If you're okay with them doing incantations and stuff, and as long as the owner of the place is okay with the incantations, don't be going into somebody's house and doing an incantation without their permission okay right. that's a do not don't do that because that's really bad um right know the beliefs of of your clients as well as your team yeah absolutely um so yeah just just don't be stupid you know be smart play things safe just know that incantations things like that they're going to open doors they're going to cause problems eventually if not that night they will at some point down the road cause a problem uh and I can't think of one single person I've ever met in the history of the last 10 years that we've been doing radio that someone has said, oh, I always, you know, <laughs> call out the things and yell at things. And I've never once had anything backfire on me. It always backfires at some point. <laughs> so just, you know. Yeah. All right, folks. That is the end of the ghost hunting 101 series um we're just gonna do a quick wrap up next week kind of go over some quick points and um 
Then it's on to Series 2 in Season 5. And so far, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Please let us know in the comments, in emails, anywhere you can find us. Just shoot us a quick uh, note. Even if it's a rating on iTunes or wherever you can do that, that's fine too. Um, And if there's something we're missing or something you can add on to, let us know. We would love to hear your comments on it because... Unfortunately, Eric and I do not know everything. We can do as much research as we can, but we don't know everything. So until next week, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, 